0: Yo, my affection for my reflection is pretty low. I see a boy that isn't ready to grow. I see an idiot that's stuck an intermediate that's cozy with his fears and past challenges. Immediate, the man in the mirror is laughing at me. He sees the boy he used to see no longer happy. I want my swagger back. I want my courage
1: back. What's going on everybody? Welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast. Taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting, but we like to have fun, keep things loose, a lot to get to today. First off, as always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha Man in the Mirror, our intro-outro music go show them some love youtube soundcloud anywhere you stream music anywhere you stream our podcast like spotify apple google stitcher You'll find our boys, J.D. Masters and Buddha, friends of the program, friends of ours. Folks, we know it's been a little bit of time since you've heard from us. We appreciate your patience as always. It's been a while, two weeks. We have uh, the the new birthday boy a day after his birthday joining us here today. Ev's back. We're back. Happy to be here. Uh, big 2-5 now, Ev. Uh, how's that how's that dropping auto insurance feeling for you?
2: dom i uh i wish i was the big two five i am the big two six you're 26 uh, but i know i'm old as fuck uh it's uh, he's an it's, old geezer i know it really feels bad it's uh you know when you turn 25 you're like still at the mid you know it's you're truly at the midway point of your 20s when you turn 26 you're officially past that so uh you know feels bad um i can feel my bones uh crumbling inside me um but uh but it was great I went to uh, Okeechobee Music Festival this past weekend and uh that was absolutely unreal um I mean just an all-around great weekend saw Tame Impala saw Rez uh saw one of my favorite artists a guy named Goth Babe and wildly enough he called me up on stage and saying happy birthday to me so no that, way get yeah, the fuck that, out please yeah, tell me I've someone
1: got, got that on video for you yeah
2: we do have the video of that uh, we anybody curious about that can see that uh um it was it was wild it was an all-around great weekend and now i'm back to civilization uh not camping and you know having to uh sweat my ass off in a porta potty anymore i'm you know now back in in my cozy home uh back to work on the uh cowboys and 49ers beats and back in the world of sports dom back in the world of the nfl and let me tell you uh it was a, it was an interesting time to go to a music festival because holy shit um, it was, it's, it, the past like four or five days have just been insane well it's like um, it's like
1: that moment like it, it, you know music festival is one thing but just like even when you're out right like you'd be at like at another sporting event at like a family get together right and it's just like you almost feel like helpless when you just look at your phone and the updates are coming through you're like stop that's enough slices i, I can't process this all right now please cut it out because that that i i get where you're coming from because I, i'm around doing my other thing other work related responsibilities and i'm just like can we just relax Rappaport, Schefter, everybody take it easy.
2: Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, and and the thing is, too, is like, you know, a lot of these teams, too, are making like multiple moves, which I think is a good way to, to segue into probably our two biggest things. We'll start with uh, the, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, Rappaport initially, uh, Ian Rappaport initially says that the uh, Packers and Rodgers have agreed to like a multi-year deal that's like worth like $50 million a year, Uh uh, Aaron Rodgers does confirm that he is playing in Green Bay in 2022 uh, does say that the contract and the numbers being mentioned by Rappaport, by others, are uh, are not quite true, um, but we do know that Aaron Rodgers is coming back, and in the same day, Devontae Adams was franchise-tagged by the Packers as well. So, you know, the two most important players on that team, pretty much, uh, uh, Rodgers and Adams, are back for another year, which... Hey, I mean, you know, if you're a Packers fan, that's uh, that's exactly what you wanted to hear. You know, I mean, there was a reality in which, you know, neither of those guys come back. And now instead, you're getting your one-two combo. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it's hard to think that Rodgers can't make a case for a third straight MVP, especially when he's got a guy like Devontae with him.
1: Well, I mean, and he proved that last year, and I I definitely believe that, while in my heart I did have the thought that maybe this is Aaron's time to retire, I always had the feeling that, you know, kind of like the Brady method, where it's like, I think he definitely has some years ahead of him, and we'll get to that argument with another guy we'll talk about in a second here, but I gotta believe, and I don't know how you kind of felt about this, but when Rodgers makes that deal, because it's been so public, Aaron's support for Devontae and Devontae's and Devontae's support for Aaron, I, I have to imagine that had to have been a tandem. It's like, you know, Roger sits down with the front office and says, hey, I'm going to make this deal happen, but you better have Devontae Adams walking in this office when I walk out and you put make this guy my guy. Make him be here with me. And I, I, I have to imagine that was done pretty simultaneously between the two and, and it's, it's great for Packer fans you know congratulations you got your two weapons you got an MVP caliber quarterback and uh, one of the best wide receivers in the game but I absolutely in my heart believe that Aaron put, a, put down some stipulations to the front office when he made that deal.
2: I agree um, you know and the thing is is that it does kind of make sense for the Packers because let's say that you know Rappaport was wrong it's not like a three or four year deal it's a uh, you know, it's or if it is a three or four year deal, it, it offers like a really easy escape, you know, for both uh, Rogers and for the Packers after mm-hmm. a year or two. Because the thing is, is that, you know, Devontae, what you're get, getting, Devontae for the franchise tag is good value. It is good value, because if you're really trying to give Devonte, like Devontae the long-term contract that he deserves. It would probably be more money, uh, than what he's actually going to get for the franchise tag, which I think is somewhere around like 19 million, 20 million. Um, that's about what it would cost if not more, uh, to, to, to keep him long. Yeah. Um, so I think you know it's it's a scenario where okay well we don't know how long Rogers is going to be around and if Rogers leaves or you know when Rogers retires or leaves if Devontae doesn't want to be here anymore we need to be able to move on from Devontae quickly too we don't want to be you know uh, 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 you know really locked in there so you mm-hmm. know all around I think it makes sense I you know you said you feel good for Packers fans I definitely do as well you do have to wonder about Jordan Love is that
1: guy on the <laughs> way out I mean. I- is. Well, does he I, – I mean, you know, it's it's the far of Rodgers situation. It's how long does Jordan Love sit behind Rodgers. And really, I guess the thing that we have to keep in the back of my mind is how how much longer through this four-year deal, supposedly, right, does Aaron stay? You know, is there is there a chance – there does he have an out after two? Is there a chance we're only going to see maybe he leaves and opts out after three? But again, though, like that's – you said it. It's Jordan Love sitting behind going like, oh, that's fine. I could go – I could go be in the best market for free agency quarterbacks that's happened in the last ten years, but instead I now have to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. Like if I'm Jordan Love, I want to go test the water right now because NFL teams need QBs. I'm kind of with you there. Yeah, well they do, and but but Jordan Love
2: is one of those weird things where it's like you know you wouldn't if you're trading for Jordan Love, you are not thinking okay he's going to be our starter. You know what I mean? Like you were thinking like you're thinking he might compete for the starting position. But you know we we haven't seen this guy like we really haven't like you know it's it, it, he is still kind of a unknown commodity in terms of starting in the NFL. Hundred so percent. It's and so it's uh it's it'll be interesting to see if you know if the Packers are like okay well no we have to deal him you know what could they deal him for I mean they spend a first round pick on him they're not going to get that back um they you know I would think maybe a a day two pick at best and even then that seems you know kind of You know, like a a stretch. Well, and keep this um, in
1: mind, too, is that just uh, I think about a day or two before the Rodgers thing all came about, the NFL uh, set its cap number for the 2022 season. And it went up, you know, after the COVID um, stipulations kind of hindered in 2020 and 2021. But it's set at 208 million. 208.2 Uh, 208.2 million, excuse me. So, you know, while while that seems like a very high number, you've sank a lot of your cap space in Aaron Rodgers. And even without this extension, if you had had, if you got Aaron Rodgers to agree to that last year option that he had coming into 2022. It's going to be, I, I forget the exact percentage number, but it was a major hit on the Packers cap space. So I, while I do feel good overall as a Packers fan because you have your one and two, your offensive tandem back, I will wonder, it's like, yeah, do you have to shop Jordan Love? Do you have to shop, do, you know, is, I'm trying to think of other big playmakers on the Packers that you might have to, like, look to get rid of because you're pressing so close against the cap right now.
2: Yeah, there'll probably still be a, a handful of moves that they make, whether it's cutting players or restructuring contracts. Um, you know, I mean, that's what's so crazy nowadays with void years and everything else is that, you know, it seems like, oh, well, this team has to cut. Players, right? Like they're, you know, for example, the Dallas Cowboys were coming into yesterday technically twenty one million dollars over the cap, oh boy. S- cap space budget. Mm-hmm. They restructured Prescott's and uh, Zach Martin's contracts to save twenty five million. And they didn't have to cut anybody. They didn't have to do anything. They, you know, they're going to have to pay for it later. But immediately, they went to, you know, four million under the cap uh, cap limit. Um, they also then franchise tagged uh, their tight end uh, Dalton Schultz, so they're like negative six million over. Like, you know, they're they're back in the red again. But <laughs> right. but it's you know it's whatever. Um, it is
1: it is kind of amazing though because I obviously like you you bring up the example with the Cowboys, and we get it every year with multiple different teams. But it is amazing to see the the I don't like the economics. The Financial gusto that goes the accounting. into like, like yeah, yeah the accounting. Thank you. I, I'm, I talk for a living. That's just, that's not in my yeah. repertoire. But like, how to like make yourself go from n- red to green to red again? You know, trying to balance out your salary cap with like with m- tens and millions of dollars on the line too. Like we're not talking like chump change. I took my tax return to H and R Block. Like this is it, it always kind of like makes my jaw drop a little bit to watch just the money fluctuate. In the NFL, the way it does,
2: yeah, it it, it's nuts. And you know, uh, one of uh, I'll I'll throw a shout out to uh, Big Cat Country manager Alfie Crow, who uh, always retweets the same tweet from like six years ago, which is just the salary cap isn't real. If, if, if you're mad at your team for trying to stay within the salary cap, just remember that it's not real and they should just be spinning like crazy because uh, it's <laughs> it, it, it's all bullshit. Um, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, we've got we've got Rodgers and Adams, uh, you know, two big moves on the same day, same day by the Packers. Another two big moves. Uh From the same team came from the Seahawks who uh, traded Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos for a massive, massive package. I mean, just a really big one like Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first rounders, two second rounders. I mean, just an insane package. Um, and and at the same time, they also released Bobby Wagner, who, you know, uh, just like Russell Wilson, was drafted in the 2012 NFL Draft, has been there for 10 seasons, six-time All-Pro, I mean, eight-time Pro Bowler, I mean, just, you know, one of the, you know, future NFL Hall of Famer without question, Not even a not even a question at this point for Bobby Wagner. So, I mean, an end of an era for the Seahawks, that was the last two players that were on the Super Bowl winning team uh from what was it 2014 2015 mm-hmm.
1: um 20 so, uh, 20 no uh 2014 or yeah 2014 was when they th- like uh thumped the the broncos, the broncos. Yeah. yeah
2: so uh now now uh russ gets to go play for the broncos
1: and uh um you by know, only, I mean, uh quick note there too F, he is the first quarterback to ever be traded and go and will likely play for a team that he has beaten in the super bowl you're the that's only one ever done that
2: interesting I didn't even uh, I didn't know that so but yeah obviously a massive move the Broncos are basically saying let's go win now um, some people were saying you know it's like oh man you give up Noah Fant like in that deal like is that you know Noah Fant didn't exactly have a super impressive year last year so I think a change of pace would actually improve it's it's good for both sides plus the, I think yeah, the, yeah yeah I can the,
1: I, I can see that too the, the Broncos
2: in there. the Broncos still have like a really great offensive setup between Courtland Sutton Jerry Judy you know
1: no, uh, well, people forget Javon. too that Jerry Judy was injured last year too. Like right. He was he was an emerging rookie quarterback, had a great season, and he just unfortunately, as a fantasy owner, I was bummed he got injured last year too. So uh, it's absolutely no panic, you know. I, I you put Russell Wilson in that mix, I mean Jerry and Cortland Stock go way up, and I think Cortland is a guy, you know, just from my time having him on a fantasy roster, you you know he has the potential. It's it, it, I think you can make that argument like how you're saying about Noah Pham. if you get. Get the right guy in there. I mean, look at how a guy like Tyler Lockett was able to do with Russell Wilson. Now, I, I think you could right. very well have that a similar situation with Cortland Sutton that you that you did with Tyler Lockett.
2: Well, that's the thing too is that I think the you know there's you know kind of uh, to to kind of a You bring up Tyler Lockett. It's also there's a lot of reports, a lot of rumblings that Tyler Lockett's probably going to be traded, um, probably on his way out, which makes sense. You know, the quarterback just just went out. However. You know there's kind of two ways the Seahawks can go here. The Seahawks are now, you know, with with the cap space that they're clearing up with the picks and the you know Noah Fant and Shelby Harris are great additions. Uh, you know, roster-wise Drew Lock, I you know I mean you don't really want, you know, based on what we've seen from Drew Lock, you don't really want to commit to him, but who knows maybe they see something that everybody else is missing. But they now also, you know, they they could rebuild. But they could also use all this capital that they've just earned to trade for none other than Deshaun Watson, uh, the Texas QB who, you know, has been dealing, you know, didn't play in 2021, has been dealing with a lot of legal issues due to a, a myriad of uh, women uh, cl- claiming that he sexually harassed them uh, uh, sec- or, you know, some say harassed uh, others claim sexual assault. Ian Rappaport implied yesterday that uh, that legal case is clearing up on Friday and that his uh, 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 his like ability to play again will basically be restored. Uh, in that case, the Texans are likely going to trade him. Seahawks have the draft capital, man. They could just say, okay, well, Russ is gone. Let's go get Deshaun. Yeah. Um, and in that case, it's not a rebuild. And in that case, you know maybe Tyler Lockett sticks around. You know, if I had if I had Deshaun Watson as my quarterback, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll hang out. You well, know, even, and, uh, and
1: even if, if Lockett doesn't stick around, you still have DK Metcalf. You have Chris Carson. You have, you right. have offensive uh, yeah. offensive pieces that, that, that can get the job done. Now, now I I have to bring just the. Circle back to Bobby here. You know, it's for Seahawks fans, he's been such a staple. He's been such a, a presence and a leader on that defense. In a year coming off of the 2021 season where the Seahawks were miserably defensive, like that Legion of Boom, has just could never have been more of a distant, like, memory showcasing than it was in 2021. I have to imagine that if they can grab their quarterback early on and get a guy like Watson, then the focus has to become on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't even know if they were to lose Lockett, how they even replace him. I think they just put the pressure and responsibility on DK, Chris Carson, and just try to build themselves up defensively to be able to stop teams from scoring 30
2: well and then and then like i said Noah Fant. you know i mean he didn't have a especially impressive year this past year but you know he has shown in denver that he is a pretty solid pass catching tight end massive dude can move uh quickly and has a decent top speed so i mean they've got they're gonna ha- they're not like in a complete you know ground floor scenario here um they're they're going to be able to uh to maybe make moves whether they go for deshaun or not um it's a it's a really interesting situation, and we probably won't know more about it until Friday, as Rappaport mentioned. But hey, I mean, you know, a lot of people were linking. It was it seems like all off season, it seemed like Deshaun to the Panthers made the most sense. Uh, well, you know, now that that this trade has been made, and and that the Seahawks have the capital, they do. It's 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 kind of hard to think about. You know, it, it's kind of hard not to put the Seahawks as a favorite to land Deshaun. Um, it's uh yeah, it's gonna be crazy either way. Um, wherever, however the the Watson saga ends up, it it it'll it'll definitely be uh, 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 eye opening. Well, the, um, and, and the
1: one thing with like qu- anytime you get like these trades and stuff, they always talk about like oh you know pending physical and and, and Ru- like with Russ, it's like pending physical and Russ okaying it. Wouldn't it be funny if he just like wake, wakes up, and he's like, hey, Mister Unlimited, I'm unlimited, I'm not leaving Seattle. I'm unlimited it is if we come to find out like he failed his physical like that that is what makes that's what I love so much about these situations is it's very rare for, like, someone to, like, not pass a physical and, and, and deny a trade that I think clearly Rust wanted. But it would be kind of comical if, through all of this. Like, we come back Friday, and it's like, oh, Russell failed. He's actually, like, 200 – he's actually, like, 40 pounds overweight and has a BMI of, like, 28.5. He is grossly fat. <laughs> he just, like, let yeah. himself go after the end of this. It's it's it's, 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 the, subtle, it's the subtle hopes that, that I can cling on to. But I always wonder if, like, that would just – how – how hilarious of a situation that could evolve into.
2: Well, and that's what's interesting, too, about this is that, you know, it this, this is now in kind of a similar, in a similar vein, not in the same vein, but a similar vein to, like, Brady going to Tampa. This is now kind of a, was Russ was Russ with the Seahawks, like, was it more about being in Seattle or was Seattle benefiting more from having Russ? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, now this is a chance for him to kind of show, yeah, I truly am an NFL Hall of Famer. I mean, obviously, Super Bowl champ, uh, I think, I know he has at least one NFL MVP. It might be two. I think it's just one. Um, You know, I mean, he's a guy that is, you know, he's in the midst of an NFL Hall of Fame career if he goes to denver and kind of flames out you know if we're if we've kind of seen the best of russ you know you start to wonder okay well where actually is wilson in the pantheon of modern nfl qbs and then vice versa if he excels you know you you start to realize oh okay you know he he really is in in that top level Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of a it's kind of a, a a proving ground of sorts denver is uh for for russ
1: no, and, and honestly, because I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, Russ definitely has an MVP, and I went to go look that up.
2: He doesn't he d- have one?
1: He does not have an MVP, but what? he does have a Walter Payton Man of the Year award, which obviously Whatever. is a big deal, you know. <laughs> but <Whatever. laughs> But, yeah, no, so, I mean, but he – and But he have, got, does he
2: have all pros? Did, you're looking at Dom. Does he have all pros?
1: Mm, let me go see if I can, like, find where, like – It like should Russell, be on Wikipedia. Yeah. Russell Wilson hey. accolades, like – I totally thought he was. Wasn't right, named a nine Pro Bowl. Started two Super Bowls. Won a one. Obviously, yes, we know he won a Super Bowl. No All Pros. It's not giving. It's not giving me anything. Give me like his accolades. Like why? Why is everybody? Oh no!
2: No, I'm I'm on top of it. I'm on it. I'm on it. This is
1: why people listen to our
2: podcast. He has one second team All Pro. Why do we think Russ is so good? No, I'm joking.
1: But but I this is his ass? Question mark.
2: Well, this is a guy that you know had the. He was the NFL passer rating leader in 2015 and didn't get selected as first team or second team All Pro. And he has he has
1: never gotten an MVP vote.
2: Pa- passing touchdowns leader in 2017 didn't get second team or first team all-pro vote. So it's kind of an interesting thing. He's also, you know, when you have to play at the same time as Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you know, Drew Brees, I mean, you know, it's it, it kind of makes it tough. Well, I but, remember,
1: too, I mean, when he won the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning was still kicking around, too. Yeah, Peyton so Peyton He's always, while I will never, I know you were joking, I will never say that Russell Wilson is a bad quarterback because he is a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest that we've been able to watch. Russ's time timing as a quarterback has just kind of been a little bit unfortunate because as you said, he's been around some of the greatest other quarterbacks that we've gotten to watch as like me and you grow up. So it just it's it's an unfortunate circumstance he's had to deal with. So like I said, I I agree with you. I think there's a lot to prove in Denver and I think the the, the the pressure is on them because it's as like you said it's clear that the Dem, the Broncos are kind of taking the L.A. Rams approach where it's like hey we can kind of get rid of the the future stock the draft capital we're gonna put a team together that can now compete in what probably is you know the hardest division in the NFL in the AFC West because now you have Russell Wilson Patrick Mahomes Justin Herbert and Derek Carr all competing for a spot and all all four of those teams now very much have realistic. Playoff goals. I mean, three of those teams were in the play. Uh, well, three of them should have been in the playoffs, I guess. If you want, if you want to talk about the Chargers collapse at the end of the season, but uh, the, all four of those teams, I think, now have realistic playoff expectations. So it's going to make for an interesting year in the AFC West.
2: No question, and it, you know the dynamic it changes in the NFC West. I was just thinking about this too. is like. You know, I think the Seahawks kind of looked at, okay, the Rams are still going to be the Rams next year. The 49ers, you know, whether they have Garoppolo, Lance, or somebody else, um, are still going to be a very good team. The Cardinals are going to—Kyler you know, Kyler Murray's returning. They're still going to be a very good team. So the Seattle's kind of maybe may looking at it, too. Like If they are thinking rebuild, it's like, you know what? All of our rivals right now in the division are fucking in win-now mode we are not in the best position to do that. How about we just set up to be the best team in two or three years, you know? Um, so, so yeah, it's shrewd
1: shrewd thinking either way from the, uh, yeah, from the know, Seahawks. The, I call that the Cincinnati Bengal approach, and look how it paid Correct. off for them. There you go. Uh, uh, there's also other news. I think back in uh, – we were mentioning back in your home, uh, your home neck of the woods here in Jacksonville. So Jacksonville's made some moves that, that you're particularly happy about.
2: Uh, yeah, so Cam Robinson was hit with the franchise tag. That was a little surprising. There was kind of, you know, there and and, and you know there is still a reality in which Cam Robinson does not play for the Jaguars in 2022 um, because I believe it was the non-exclusive franchise tag. Same deal with Dalton Schultz in uh, Dallas. By the way, watch out for that. There's a uh, Jane Slater actually said today that uh, Dalton Schultz could be traded after being franchise tagged by the Cowboys. Uh, but anyways, uh, Cam Robinson gets the franchise tag that that's a big deal for for two reasons. One, um, you know, it, from a Jaguars fan perspective, it's not especially encouraging cuz Cam Robinson has just been kind of underwhelming the past two seasons. Um, he's fine, but he's just not great. So you're paying a guy a lot of money uh to be, you know, what will probably be mediocre. It's not encouraging, but two, it does a lot in terms of saying who are the Jaguars going to take at the number one overall pick. Because uh, if you think about it, I mean, uh, you know, the 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 uh, the, the Jags were kind of, everyone's thinking, oh, they're going to take Evan Neal, they're going to take Charles Cross, they're going to take uh, uh, the guy from NC State. Uh, now... You know, they've they've got one of their tackle positions locked up. Walker Little is probably going to be the other starting tackle, the guy they took in the uh, draft last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's like, okay, well, the other big need is defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I'll put it this way. Aiden Hutchinson shot up to minus 250 uh, as the favorite uh, in Vegas uh, for the first overall pick. So seems like Hutch is uh is is you know the likely choice now um and that's okay i mean it's not especially exciting because i don't think he's especially exciting but if you got to take a guy at the number one overall pick and if you're going to franchise tag cam robinson i guess this makes the most amount of sense um so yeah you know it's uh it's it it was a big deal just in terms of you know who's going to be taking number one overall right uh, but yeah, you know we'll see. You know, hopefully Hutchinson's the next T.J. Watt, but I don't know. I'm not convinced.
1: Well, we'll have to, I guess, wait and see there. But you did also bring up Dalton Schultz and the Cowboys, which is one of the points we also need to get to as well, Ev, is because the Cowboys have two of their potential, you know, star wide receivers. Hitting the market, and, and by two, I mean it's very clear that Amari Cooper is hitting the free agency market, and Michael Gallup could be quick to follow them. Uh, you have recently, and for those who don't know, have taken on the beat as the Cowboys beat reporter for Heavy. So you know, round of applause for those who didn't know this about him yet. Uh, I, what is what is the the talks of maybe where I'm at least as a Bills fan, I would love to hear that Amari Cooper or Gallup is coming to Buffalo. I have not heard those conversations yet. I, I guess what is going around and jerry land right now regarding those two
2: so here's the deal the cowboys have about two weeks yeah it's about two weeks i think it's a little bit less um to trade amari cooper uh or release him if they don't do it by like i think the 23rd or 22nd um they will have to pay all of his money if they get rid of him which is 20 million dollars if they get rid of him before then they can save 14 million dollars so they will cut him if they don't find a way to trade him um but, uh, but or you know, I mean, that, that seems like they, what they would do because they are just so tight on money that paying Amari $20 million seems impossible. Jane Slater, I brought her up earlier, did mention this morning that uh, Michael Gallup contract talks are advancing uh, with the Cowboys. So there's a chance that, you know, if, if I had to pick a scenario that's most likely, it's not that both are going to stay. It's not that both are going to leave. It's that Michael Gallup will sign a new contract in Dallas, amari cooper will be traded or cut um honestly i i don't see why a team would trade for amari unless they're able to get him for a really really like cheap you know haul like you know uh because the thing is is that paying him 20 million dollars you that's a huge huge thing so mm-hmm. you know teams are, aren't going to want to be like oh I'll trade you a second round pick so I can pay Amari 20 million bucks like no they're going to be like well why don't we just wait for you to release him then we can sign him to a new contract and and pay him something that we feel like is a little bit more appropriate so yeah Amari's uh I wouldn't expect anything to happen with Amari for probably another week or so I could see Gallup being getting a new contract with the Cowboys like today I could see that happening today or, you know, by sometime this weekend. So, uh, that's kind of the situation there. Um, yeah, the Cowboys would be a good fit. The Jags have been linked with Amari a bunch because they don't. Ex- a lot of teams, a lot of people don't expect DJ Chark to come back to the Jaguars. Um, maybe that's who the Bills should go get. Ja- uh, Dom is, you know, I mean, DJ Chark is what only 25, 26 years old. Um, hasn't really gotten to uh, getting all the opportunities to play with good quarterbacks like like he would hope for in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You know, going going to Buffalo, maybe Chark would be a good fit. You know, a good number two behind us, uh, Stephon. I
1: don't, I don't hate it, and, and, and while he, I don't know if he would definitely be the shoe-in for number two, because Gabe Davis has had such a, a rise, and he showed that in the playoffs. I, I think a lot of Bills fans, kind of like myself, I'm open to the competition, and I think if you were to bring in, you, you, you go back to like Gallup or Amari Cooper, I think like one of those guys, take the two spot and compete with Gabe Davis. I think DJ Shark absolutely could could compete with Gabe for the two spot if he's brought in there. But I, I mean, I would I would welcome it because I, I also know that on a on a team who who has to be a little bit more budget friendly like the Bills are, uh, I know how important it is for them to get a weapon and get a guy you know who who can help you know bring some some added speed. Um, I don't know if that's. Pr- particularly dj chark's most like hounded area if he's a speedy guy so
2: what what i would say is that chark isn't gonna like blow you away with speed but chark's like number one area of like effect is like long long range like he is so good at high pointing the ball and going up in the air and getting, you know, getting space downfield and then going up and getting the ball. You know, he's not going to catch and then run fifty yards and, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But but at least in terms of a, a long ball option, he, he definitely is very good at that.
1: Yeah, and he and, you know, listen, the Bills have their speed guy and and Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, that's there, and with Cole Beasley, uh, being granted permission to seek a trade. Uh, from the Bills that, that that came out a little bit last week, I I don't I don't think that's a, I don't think that's out of the possibility at all. Uh, I would I would very much welcome that. I've always thought that D J Shark had the potential to be there, and, and and if so, you know I I don't think he'd ever. I don't think it'd be a bad thing for D J Shark to be catching balls from Josh Allen. But I will say one thing, that the Bills' main focus. Um, and and definitely moving towards the draft is going to be the cornerback position. So how they approach that, if it's all draft or they want to look and seek out for cornerbacks, that might be the role that I think you're going to hear the bills kind of attack first because Tredavious White um, recovering from an ACL they're not going to rush his recovery because he's the he's the franchise cornerback. Um, Dane Jackson had some bright moments, but the organization and fans alike are not pleased with you know how how we see him progressing and how we see him fitting into the starting role uh alabama guy i have levi wallace who's done some really good things for the bills uh throughout his career with us uh set to become a free agent next week and i i i don't hear any chatter about him signing back with the bills so i, I think the bills have to address the cornerback situation first sure up make sure you're you're You know, 200 million dollar or 400 million dollar quarterback whatever the deal is uh make sure josh is protected and then go get him some weapons but i I think i think dj chark fits the mold of a guy who i think the bills could get on a a particularly budget budget friendly deal so i'm here for it i I would be open for it and i i put i put my trust into brandon bean i'll say that because there's other issues that that we can talk about in a future show when more gets developed but there's been a lot of uh uh, a lot of tension in the locker room between the coaching staff, uh, you know, players still kind of wondering what happened in Kansas City, what happened in those final 13 seconds. Uh, a couple players have reported to The Athletic that they haven't been given an explanation on what happened and, like, they kind of just left everybody like they did the media and the rest of the world they just said hey it's execution we got to be better move on like no one's gotten a good answer from there so unfortunately i think the bills are are fighting some bigger issues at the moment but well we'll just have to see how that how that plays out and and where they where they go and uh, attack it from there
2: true well dom i think uh you know i i think uh i think it's time to make some money you know unless you had anything else no
1: i'm good i would love to make some money because i am not a receiver that's about to make 20 million dollars next year so uh that sounds good to me folks we're gonna go to the cash grab when we come back nba college basketball mlb lockout talks bunch to get to so stick with us down and out returns right after this Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down Now is underway, and we start with the NBA. Big topic of discussion here, Ev, as we're going to get to it. It's working out in Philadelphia for James Harden. I mean, and listen, coming from a guy who has given Harden his fair amount of shit this year, Holy goddamn, Ev, was I wrong? It's fucking working in Philadelphia for James Harden right now. That guy, it, it, we're, we're starting to, like, I don't know if he's just, like, it's a happiness thing if he's just around, you know, a good team because Philadelphia is a good organization to be a part of right now. I mean, you have the likely MVP Joel Embiid alongside you as well. So, I mean, that's always going to help your case. But, yeah, goddamn, Ev, I mean, like, James, this is the James Harden I think the NBA fans want to see, and he's showing it in Philly.
2: Yeah man I uh it's and that's the thing is that Harden is like a pretty polarizing player right like even when you know no matter where he's been at whether it's been OKC Houston Brooklyn you know there's a lot of people that don't like him there's a lot of people that do like him I personally, when James Harden wants to play basketball and when he's playing good basketball, he's as much fun to watch as any guard in the NBA. So watching him kind of get back on his shit in Philadelphia, I'm encouraged by it. I also have a soft spot for the Sixers for whatever reason. Um, I think of all the teams in the East that aren't the Hawks. I'd probably prefer to see them do it. Of yeah, anybody. I, can
1: get, I can get behind that too. I because what, what, what do the Sixers do to you, right? Like, yeah, I, ex- Well, ever. that
2: and you know, the Sixers. I mean, just all around. Just uh, I don't know. I think I think it probably for me just goes back to like our childhood of just watching Allen Iverson and thinking he was the coolest guy ever. So, um. So you know, I mean, it's awesome to see that. You know, and and you know, at the end of the day, too, it's just like in general. Don't you want to see good players on, in places that make them happy? Yes. And, absolutely. And yeah, and I mean that's that's what's kind of happening here. I will say that uh, you know it's uh, it's it, it it seems like Ben Simmons's arrival in Brooklyn is not quite as like it hasn't gotten off to quite the same start, but that's, you know, that's to, to be expected. I think, I think, you know, we kind of just forgot that how good Harden still is. I mean, he is, you know, obviously, you know, past his prime a little bit, but I mean, this is a guy that, you know, when he's, when, when he's getting open looks, when he is able to draw like defenders and create space for, for, for his teammates, he's able to go off. I mean, he set the, in the, in terms of a five game span, his first five games with the Sixers is the most amount of assist he had more assists than any other Sixers player in history over five games. I think he put up like something like sixty eight assists over five games. I mean he's he is he is like gelling right away, and that's I mean hey that's that to the rest of the Eastern Conference you should be worried. Oh, that I, I, it's absolutely. That it's taking no time at all for for uh, for for Harden to get into the groove. I mean that's a that's a huge thing. So uh, it's uh, it'll be you know it'll be interesting to see if if this is kind of just you know the 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 fresh air is is doing it or if, or if it's going to be Harden doing it consistently. But but hey, from the sister's perspective, it couldn't be starting any better.
1: We've talked all NBA season long on this podcast Ab, about how just you know the. Uh, Top heavy, the Eastern Conferences and the 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 kind of the top six teams have kind of been able to separate themselves and, and put themselves you know fifteen to twenty two plus games above five hundred at this point. So the conversation has always revolved around you know who what was going to be done to to be the difference maker. You know, like you look at the Bucks, it was like all right, is Giannis going to be the guy? who can again retake the bucks to the glory land and be the guy who separates it you know you look at the heat the heat have started to show that 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 bubble magic again and now they've kind of retaken that spot the bulls tailed off a little bit but they're keeping themselves in the race here and the fact that you can lose five games in a row and still be in that four spot i mean it says i think it still says about the quality and talent that chicago has now Philadelphia, though, it, it, with the fact that you added a superstar in James Harden, let's let's I will call it as it is. He is a, a declining superstar, but at one point he was a superstar. He's an NBA MVP for a reason. The fact that you're able to add him and he's made the immediate impact that he already has to your credit, I I would agree with the point that uh, I put it put the Eastern Conference on note. Philadelphia versus Miami and a Eastern Conference final I'm taking Philly in like five dude honestly I I I I love I love Miami I have again a soft spot for Miami that's probably my big Eastern Conference team because uh, I was once a Heat fan uh but it's you, you put you put Joel Embiid and James Harden on the same roster and you put that in, in clutch situations and and the They are playing when it actually matters in these close games and big games down the stretch here in the second half of the season. Yeah, I got to feel good. I'm feeling good if I'm the Sixers. And 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 I'm like you. I don't really know what it is about James Harden that got him extra motivated to be here. I mean, maybe he's just a guy who has to really be like, hey, I can't deal with a team who's eighth in the standings right now. Like, you have to put me second. Maybe he is just kind of a he's kind of a head case in the fact that he just doesn't want to play on a shitty team. Well, I guess, I guess now that he's on a good team, he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that they don't be, that the Sixers don't become another shitty team, another Brooklyn Nets team that tails off the eighth in the conference, you know? So uh, I, whatever, whatever he is sipping in the water in the city of brotherly love, keep sipping at James Harden. And, cause it, it is, it is refreshing to see. It is good to just like, that's why I, you know, you talk about, like, a Kyrie Irving. Like, I want to see Kyrie succeed because Kyrie playing good basketball is so much fucking fun. I don't want to see Kyrie have to miss games anymore. And it's the same thing with James Harden. Because, like, when James Harden gets to play James Harden basketball, that shit is so much fun. That's also a little nostalgic for us because we got to see James Harden in his peak. So, why, like, to your point again, why, why would anybody not want to see that unless you, like, you hate the Sixers? In which case, I understand... But still, like it's 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 good for the world of NBA basketball. Long story short, that's that's the point I'm trying to really sum up with this: is that James Harden doing good with the Sixers is good for the sport, and we all should we should be happy, embrace it, watch it, and just hope our team, <laughs> hope your Hawks, and hope my Lakers don't ever have to face them in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's you know, I, I think if I had to pick a dream finals right now. I'd want, because the Warriors are kind of falling apart, I mean, they just went 0-4 on that most recent road trip, Um, I think you got to say it's Sun Sixers right now, I think that would be really fun, especially considering the matchup of like, you know, Embiid is the best, like, you know, the best big man in the NBA, right? Like and, and and don't get it twisted. Like DeAndre Ayton is extremely good too, but I think the Sixers had the advantage there. But the Suns clearly had the advantage in the guard area, right between Devin Absolutely. Booker and 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 when Chris Paul comes back. So you know, it's uh, it, it, I I I already love. I'm already salivating at the idea of a of a of a seven game uh, series between those two teams. Um, you know, speaking of basketball, Dom, we also got uh, uh, it's. Uh, you know, I mean, it, we are in the nitty gritty. I mean, it is March 9th, my man. It is, it is, we are, let this, baby. We are, we are in tournament week. Uh, and, uh, and there's a lot going on. I mean, Alabama, uh, I'll, I'll go and, you know, knock this out of the way so that, you know, we can just say, Alabama just lost to two unranked A uh, and M and LSU teams in the season before the tournament, so I'm feeling bad. Um, but you know, <laughs> whatever, it's fine. Um, you had a,
1: you had a great weekend at your concert, your and then you had a great yeah. Weekend. I didn't have to watch either game. I didn't have to watch yeah, either game. I was exactly. at concert. You got to so yeah, take the good with the bad
2: yeah exactly so who knows maybe they put it together in the sec tournament but for being honest i feel like it's a two-horse race for the sec tournament right now and that's auburn and kentucky and then everybody else is just trying to play spoiler or most um i uh i really hope auburn loses the sec tournament they're going to win the sec regular season or they did um so i would really really like them not to do the sweep like alabama did last year um so we could still hold that over them but either way i mean it's hard to think that auburn's not going to be a one seed at this point kentucky's probably going to be a two seed when we get to the when we get to the tournament Um, You know, and there's a lot of other SEC teams that are very, very good, like Arkansas, but just a matter of what they're going to do. We'll say this, though. LSU may have beaten Alabama this past weekend, but the boys in Baton Rouge are about to get the hammer.
1: Oh, my God. It just never fucking stops with this. Fuck. uh, Fuck these guys. Fucking hell. Like well, I, have to, I have to sit here and watch Brian Kelly do awkward fucking TikTok dances and now I gotta deal with the football like, I could give a fuck about the basketball program at LSU but now I gotta watch our football program trying to resurrect itself be like oh hey by the way probably gonna maybe get the death penalty fucking yeah. goddamn it
2: lsu's uh in big trouble when it comes to recruiting and uh you know tampering and different things uh doesn't look good for uh for the for the tigers so it'll be uh you know we'll have to wait and see on that the initial report came out yesterday will wait is kind of the main focal point but they also say the athletic department in general is kind of under a lot of scrutiny right now so um you know uh it'll be curious to see what happens there um in other news we've got Duke, uh, taking the, the the you know the the heartbreaking final L, final coach K L to U N C at least in terms of the regular season. I guess they could play again uh, in the A C C tournament, um, but or potentially even the NCAA tournament if depending on what U N C does. Um, but but uh, but you know, Dom, I, I think you have a theory that this is going to lead to the Blue Bloods over in uh, in uh, Durham winning the NCAA tournament.
1: <laughs> yeah, a- a- absolutely. And here's the thing, because I, like everybody else, was very much, you know, and I, I don't say this to be disrespectful to Coach K and 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 tr- rip on the man's legacy and what he's done for college basketball here, but, like, I, I don't like Duke. I fucking hate Duke, and I, I hate Coach Krzyzewski at the end of the day. You know, he's a great coach, done great things, but I hate him, and I hate Duke. So, like everybody else, I love the fact that North Carolina not only covered in that game, but, like, blew Duke out of the water at Cameron. Quick side note is, did the Duke... Media marketing department ever think that maybe we do all the pre-games like we do everything in the pre-game Because it's really fucking awkward when coach has to come out there and give a speech after losing to your most hated Rival on his very last home game at Cameron Indoor and and him telling the fans to shut up (laughs) Like it it was I was like "Mm, this is this is tough This is tough to watch like I I loved it It was a little I salivated at the moment a little bit, but it, it, it was something else now getting back to the point you Yes, in the long scheme of things, I think a lot of people are forgetting that Duke is still the seventh-ranked team in the country. They are still so—I've seen them play in person before, and I did. Yes, I did get to watch them get upset by Florida State, and it was awesome. But the talent, the size, the athleticism that that roster has. Paulo Banchero is one of the most special freshmen I've ever seen <sighs> play in, in just college basketball. Not even, he's insane, it, 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 dude. He's
2: absolutely like, crazy. He,
1: he is such a difference maker, and he is absolutely like, he, he's almost kind of like a phantom when you watch him. You're like, holy shit. Like, it's cool to be able to watch a guy like that play so early on in his prime, and the, the poise he has. Nonetheless, I'll stop sucking his dick here just to get to the fact that, yes, Duke and this university, these players, know how much it sucked to have that 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 embarrassment of losing Coach K's last game. They are going to turn this around with that talent, and they are going to absolutely curb-stop Syracuse in the quarterfinals, because Syracuse is currently laying an ass-whooping on Florida State as we speak right now. So Syracuse will play Duke in the quarterfinals. They will fucking obliterate Syracuse. If you think that the players are pissed about not getting... Coach Krzyzewski, a win over North Carolina, you best believe they're taking out fucking revenge to let Coach K beat the fuck out of his friend Jim Boeheim. That's without a certain. Double the Duke over in that game. Or, or double their cover. They're going to actually murder Syracuse. Moving forward, the, the the road to them is an inconsistent Miami team. is more than likely who they have to play. And then they're more than likely going to get Notre Dame or UNC back in the championship. Notre Dame, inconsistent throughout much of the year but has turned it on late in the season. I, they're better than Notre Dame. I, I will say that every day. And then give them North Carolina revenge factor. I don't see them losing in the ACC championship to North Carolina with revenge on the line. So Duke say Duke wins this ACC championship I absolutely think that catapults them to probably the the last one seed in the NCAA tournament or even, or even the high two seed regardless of whatever seed they get. Wherever they are Revenge factor is on a thing here, and the basketball gods are going to fuck everybody over because they gave us a little bit of love with the North Carolina beat in Coach K's last game. We now have to, like I just told you a minute ago, take the good with the bad. The bad being the basketball gods are like, hey, Coach K, we're going to let him go out. With a big fucking W here in the national championship. Duke, uh, Duke is going to win the NCAA championship. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. And I'm so upset about it because it's, uh, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, just everything, everything about this makes sense. The revenge factor, the talent they have on this roster. I, 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 I hope that Auburn meets them one day and stops them. Because I, I, I can't really think of any other team that I, that I know could match up with them. Size-wise, athleticism-wise, coaching-wise, good luck. Good luck, everybody else. Because Duke is here, and they're about to fucking murder March Madness for us. They're about to kill it. And I'm so, so unhappy about it. But I have to just be real. So, yeah, that's that's my theory. It's, it's, more, it's more of a rant, if I'm being honest with you, Ev. It's just... It's a theory hidden in my just rant and hatred for Duke, but I, I I have no reason to believe otherwise right now. Duke National Champions 2022. You heard it here first. Bet the mortgage.
2: I, uh, I I feel you I grew up with a soft spot for Duke I know that sounds crazy but I was a diehard J.J. Redick fan as a little Kid so also want to shout Out the fact that we're kind of doing like the J.J. Reddick victory tour right now like He's getting like standing ovations like At Sixers games and all that stuff I'm, I'm loving it I'm glad we we're Showing our love and respect for The greatest three-point shooter ever um, But uh, <laughs> n- <laughs> I know that, that's a joke but But uh, but yeah so I, I would would be okay with coach k going out on top i think it makes sense i think it fits but i also understand that it would make a lot of people pretty fucking mad so uh you know whatever works um uh oh shoot i had something on the tip of my tongue oh yeah well dom it doesn't seem like uh, syracuse is a get it together in march type team it does not uh But 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 you know what are you thinking? Like are you is there any way they win the ACC tournament and sneak in there, or or what do what do you what do you?
1: Well, the only way they get into the NCAA tournament is if they win the ACC. But that's what I'm saying. So So, yeah, yeah, I mean they would have to prove that whole theory wrong. Like I said, I they're 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 currently whooping ass against Florida State, and I and they're so they're going to play Duke next, unless unless Duke plays the kind of game that they played against Florida when I saw them play Florida State. And Syracuse can put up, you know, the 49 points here that they did at halftime as a yeah, Cole Swider went off for 20 points in this game. So if Syracuse can get hot shooting, they can be they 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 can be there and contend with anybody, but like physicality and size-wise like Duke is is going to bully them down low, and that's what they did a couple like a week or two ago. They just absolutely bullied them down low, and it, it, Syracuse suffered an embarrassing loss to Duke uh, in one of their final home games of the season. So no, I, I, I don't think so. And if I'm actually being honest with you too, uh, sir, you know stories and sources have started to circulate in Syracuse because they would be an NIT-bound team. Uh, Jim Beheim may not accept. The, the bid for the NIT, they might just call Damn. it after the ACC tournament. They yep. Yeah, like just be done and over.
2: I uh, I didn't relate to that. I uh, I I think if I was in that scenario, I would also be like, why would we, why would we go do this? I don't want to go do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just a waste of my time. But but hey, we'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe Syracuse has a little bit of magic left. Just, what, to, that, just
1: that's what talked about. Like, but I'll tell you, and like you watch enough college basketball to know. Syracuse is awesome to watch in March Madness because it's so fucking hilarious to watch every team in America forget that Syracuse does nothing but run zone and then them all shit bricks. The Big Ten, uh, the Pac-12, the SEC has done statistically a little bit better against Syracuse in the NCAA tournaments, but like Big Ten teams, Pac-12 teams shit the bed when they watch Syracuse run the zone. And it's not like it's a fucking surprise. Jim's been doing it the last 40-plus years he's been coaching there. So that's what's unfortunate about not getting to see Syracuse in March is I love watching Syracuse pull off this kind of upset and just make us all feel like, hey, like we can, what a magic run this is. That, that's just it's not going to happen this year. You can't be. <laughs> they're going to finish, unless they win out the ACC tournament, they're going to finish 16 and 17 the first time in Jim Beheim's career he finished under 500 so just a sad year chalk it up as a loss and you know we all move on and appreciate the final year or two Jim probably has left coaching us it is it's what it is as they say
2: before Buddy becomes the head coach at like 24 years old
1: yeah Uh, yeah him and him and Jerry McNamara that's that's yeah that hey that sounds
2: like a hey that sounds like a winning uh, formula for me Uh, what also sounds like a winning formula for me is 17 straight hours of negotiations um, from the two sides of the mlb lockout which happened on tuesday um according to jeff passan um i mean it sounds like progress is being made Dom, in the mlb lockout um but you know it's it's also still very very fluid Apparently the MLB is trying to set up a deal to where they would still play 162 games. If you know you didn't hear this, Rob Manfred, you know quote unquote canceled the first uh, two series of the season, even though really he didn't cancel it because they're still going to try and do a 162 game season. It's fucking bullshit. Um, but but hey, that's the MLB owners and that's Rob Manfred. Um, Fire Manfred. But, uh, the, but the the thing is, is that it's like, okay, so we can still have 162 game season, but the MLB is now threatening to cancel the next two series uh, as well. So the first, you know, we're now looking at a scenario where we may be playing 162 games total, but the season will be pushed back or we'll be playing or we'll be losing uh, two more series of the season. I just don't, Dom, I'm just so tired I'm so tired. Like I know that they're close. I know we're not far, but at the same time, I'm just like, what the actual fuck?
1: Yeah, I know. And, and listen, I'm all. We're we're, all, we're we're a podcast that has shown strong support. We're always going to be on the side of the players and the players' union. And, and while I know that this frustration comes mostly just from the the owners being greedy and stuff, I, I like. Evan you're in a meeting for 17 hours dog and maybe it's just because this this is who I am it's my personality dog I'll make a fucking deal happen after like hour nine dog I want to get the fuck out of there like I'll I'll do whatever it takes to come and meet at a middle point and let's get let's not because you have a 17 hour meeting and you're not going to resolve anything and you're going to have to come back a day or two later and have to maybe redo another 12 to fucking 20 hour meeting no thank you it's I, I don't the the stubbornness is 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 what it's very hard for me to relate to because I'm not in that room and I'm not I'm not in tuned with the what it's like to be an MLB player and what it's like to be an MLB owner. I just come from the the fan the fan perspective and for the fans it sucks. This is this is what after a year where the MLB was starting to make such. Strides and starting to, you know, increase popularity. And you had the st- superstar of athletes getting to shine and very bright lights and all this kind of thing. It's just, it sucks for the progress of baseball and it sucks for the fans. And I, 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 like you, I'm so, I'm so over it. I'm so fucking over Rob Manfred. The, can we talk about why do we need to make the bases fucking bigger? What is that going to do? What is making the bases bigger going to do? Like why 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 is that a factor that has been like even proposed? I don't I don't get that. I can I can learn and get accept the pitch clock. I I think I'll be okay with the no shift rule. I actually think that might just be better for the like the offensive side of baseball. Because you can't, you know, a lefty who pulls, you can't fucking put four infielders to crowd up the entire right side of the field. Like I can, I think I can get behind that. But what what is this absolute bullshit that the owners like? Let's make the bases bigger. Stop being fucking petty. That's some that is some dumb shit that I feel like the owners are just trying to have the last word on this issue. Yeah. And 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 there's a and there that's just like the main example that's triggering me. But there's because there's a couple others too that you just you read these articles from Jeff and I'm just like. Christ! Ah, yeah. And, and well, I, the bottom line I'm just, I'm fucking sick of Rob Manfred. I'm so sick well, of his lawyer ass, like being like the, 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 the puppet behind all of this right now.
2: What makes it most frustrating too is that they're, they're, you know, they're, they're like bringing up these other side issues that aren't really important while not actually budging on the stuff they really need to budge on. Like, for example, the the forty million dollar bonus pool offer. That is still so far away. They've only bumped it up, I think, a total of $10 million from their initial offer of $30 million. The union has not budged from $75 million in that offer pool. The, The MLB is also really, like really adamant on trying to do an international draft whereas the mlbpa really hates that idea and, and you know david, I mean,
1: david ortiz came out and as a huge voice of being someone who was against that international draft right as well. and
2: as someone who is international you know it's it's important that you know you have someone like that uh saying that stuff um you know it's it is it's unfortunate that it is what it is, and it's it's so frustrating too when the MLB and Manfred are coming out and framing it like, you know, the the, the that the MLP PA is not the one who's playing ball. The owners are the one who created the lockout. They're the ones who start a lockout. Like that's how that works. Mm-hmm. So don't don't I mean, you you can say that, okay, well, maybe the, the players need to be more diplomatic, but at the end of the day, the lockout is happening because of the owners, not anything else. Um, so yeah, it's it's all just I don't know, man. Well, and, it's and
1: the the main issues that that are keeping the the players from playing and getting into spring training right now are all stemming from again the stubbornness of of the MLB owners. Like why why can't we not, why can't the owners because it's going to benefit them in the end to help them make their fucking money with revenue. Get get the guys playing, and then you can handle some of this other small stuff, right? The international draft, the bonus pool, the bait, the fucking base size. Oh, that's so fucking... Stu- it feels, I feel stupid for even having to even say that, right? But all these little smaller things, let's get the guys playing, and then let's do that in the shadows, because guess what me and you will probably stop doing? Bitching about the lockout when the guys start going. we I bet you all of baseball fans will eventually, like, just be like, yeah, well, you had to do what you had to do, and we got baseball. Like, we'll, we'll probably brush it to the side after all this. Like, get get these guys playing, and then s- settle all this little subtle, small bullshit. Get, get that done while y- you can hide it in the shadows while everybody's playing baseball again. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, again, I, I'm just trying to speak— as clearly as I can about this situation, I come from a, p- a fan perspective, but I, I, I just get the guys playing and settle this other stuff elsewhere. Fuck you, owners.
2: <laughs> yeah, hopefully, uh hopefully, you know, by maybe like Friday. That's kind of like what people are saying right now. Is that by the end of the weekdays this week that. You know, there's a very real chance for an agreement. God willing, that I, I hope that happens because otherwise, we, yeah, we're we're really getting to the point where 162 game season would just wouldn't really be feasible. Um, you know, we're already talking about pushing back dates. You know, to, to to just make 162 games work right now. That's not even considering. You know, uh, uh, you know, what what happens if if we if we go another week without a deal? So, um yeah just come on just just give give us what we want give us give the give the fans baseball you're not going to be able to convince fans that it's the players fault you're not sure some fans may believe that but but at the end of the day that's not how this works it's not how it's going to work uh and 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 it's it's time to it's time to move on
1: yeah, it, it, it really is. And, I, and I'm looking and I, quick appreciation as journalist to journalist. And I, and I know you echo probably the same thing. Uh, Jeff Passon has been doing great on this, like being able to break it down for, like I think, you know, even non-journalists to kind of understand it. Uh, just want like he. This guy has been working his absolute nuts off, and I passins
2: the goat. Passins yeah, like
1: the. I very much appreciate Passins' effort in this because he 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 has done a really good job of keeping us informed and and breaking this down in terms of at least that like my little simple brain can understand.
2: Same, same, same. All right, well. uh honestly dumb i think i think that's all i've got to say about the the the, the lockout was there anything else you want to bring up
1: no i'm good just make it happen i want baseball back i mean like you're Same. you're one of the examples like last year how you were saying you got into baseball like there are there are the these new fans coming in and this is my biggest gripe with rob manfred is his inability to like capitalize and, and make baseball like the a booming sport that it could be. Like, you had some momentum and you fucking stopped it right in its track. And we got to start from ground zero all over again, which is not the worst because you, yeah, I mean, you still have, like, for example, like Ronald Acuna showed up for some, for some, uh, some Braves, uh, practices that they were doing on you know Mike has been seen in the Mike Trout's been seen in the cage doing stuff Tatis has been training and stuff so like you're gonna have you're gonna have those guys right but I'm just I'm so frustrated with the momentum stoppage that we have to deal with here so that's yeah, really it's really yeah, that's where my frustration comes from but uh, I, I have said my piece Ev. I think it's time for us to uh plug plug some things and, and hit the road how about it
2: sounds like a plan um I just want to say uh you know uh you can go Uh, Follow us on Twitter at DownInOutPodcast on Twitter. That's a uh, great way to uh, see when new episodes drop, to, you know, communicate with us. We'll definitely respond and and chat with you or or see whatever else we're talking about. Um, You can also go give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, whatever you you listen to us on and that is sincerely appreciated because it makes us look good and you know if someone's scrolling on up to the podcast and they see five stars are going to be like oh wow okay this is probably worth the shot so uh yeah please do that um i also want to say other final messages thanks so much for the birthday wishes uh it it, it means a lot to 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 you know, for all the homies and all the friends and family and stuff to, uh, to, to, you know, reach out and and say happy birthday. It was a, a fantastic way to ring in 26 and, and I'm excited to see what 2022 has to, uh, has to offer for all, uh, Evan Ryer. So.
1: Good stuff. Uh, it was a uh, very, very nice birthday celebration. I will say the video of them singing "Happy Birthday to You." I saw it on your dad's Instagram last night. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was. I, I could see the secondhand embarrassment rolling off your face. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I chose. <laughs> so I good. chose.
2: I chose my my. You know, in in the South especially. I think other parts of the country do it too. But the true redneck way to celebrate your birthday is to go to hibachi. Um, and, and so I, I brought that on myself. I knew what I was getting into and it was worth it. I'm still eating leftovers, so it was definitely worth it.
1: Good stuff. Alright, well, yeah, and while you're showing some love to our podcast, the five-star reviews, that shit is major key, as DJ Khaled says, so we can't appreciate you guys for that. Also, go show some love to JD Masters and Buddha, Man of the Mirrors, our intro-outro song you're hearing right now. Uh, They both got their own independent music lives as well. Go make sure to shout them out on YouTube and SoundCloud, anywhere you stream your music, anywhere you stream our podcast, like Spotify, Apple, Google, they will be there. So We thank you guys so much for being patient with us. We're going to hope to uh, start churning out more and more content here it's just a busy time of the year for us and a time for us to kind of recharge our batteries so we'll keep you in tune and we look forward to talking to you all next time but until then arrivederci later
0: lyrics, I ignored your story cause I didn't wanna hear it, bitch did you ever really catch a switch where I went from rock to Buddha, caught the vibe like a fish, Assist like white chocolate, handing out a dish, if the devil shows up, then my soul, he just wish, I might accept the offer cause I wanna grind that cars and give the trophies to my mama, make him sweat like a sauna cause act like I can't, then I'ma spit like a llama, take your girlfriend out and give a Balenciaga so check me out, feel me up and watch me bounce, cause the new man in the Looking like a mouse, switch places, change faces. Now, Buddha runs a house, trust hip hop more than bitches. So, I'ma take her as a spouse or at least a concubine. If in front of my I feel divine, I'ma grab it like a shield and i make it shine. Cause when I'm polished, I'll abolish if you cross the line. That's how I am feeling. Keep growing like a giant, go through the ceiling. Man in the mirror, double now you all the fuck we go again but when we stop blazing boom boom pow pow what you gonna do now especially when i bring the energy like it's a powwow besides find a man paint your face cause you a damn clown look around only one that isn't on my wagon now the name is buddha bitch uh look around only one that isn't on my wagon now